Okay, then. Here we go again. Next episode is up. Quarantine continues. Hope everyone is doing well. I honestly feel like I just recorded last week's last week's last week's episode, but yet here I am. Time flies when you don't go outside. Welcome in everybody. Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. I am Jonas Nordman, humbly sitting here bringing you the Jayhawks news as we mosey our way through the off season. Will there be a season next year? Who knows? If there is, will there be fans? Probably not, but I hope so. Lord knows that half the reason KU gets 20 to 30 wins every year is because they basically have a baked-in 15 wins at home. That was an off-topic, just sort of rambling already. Let's get to the business end of things right off the bat here. Believe in Jayhawks on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe Advertise, I know they're putting on the rolls at the beginning and end of this program, which is awesome. Big things popping here at Believe. New shows getting added, it seems like, every single day. You know, I follow them on online, socially, of course, or else they'd raise hell with me. But no, I do it willingly. I like to see what's going on. I like to see the new shows. A lot of fun stuff happening. Interesting shows other than just sports. I know there's a Challenge MTV show. Um, well, obviously there's a challenge show on MTV, but there's a believe show about it, which I love that show. No, we've had Mike snow on this program, little cross synergy of believe. So look, we got some fun things happening. Glad that you're here for the ride. It may be the age of coronavirus and college basketball got ended prematurely, but content keeps finding us. So here's what's on the docket. Have a little fan interaction right off the top here. Latest update on way too early power rankings, just to give you an idea of where we're standing heading into next season, if there is a next season. Some news, some brief news, and stuff that came out yesterday regarding Kansas and the NCAA. And then we will continue our series in terms of a retrospective of the year that was And the players, the characters, the cast of characters. Let me know how you are getting through the quarantine apart from listening to this show every week. I know you're doing that. I see the numbers. God bless you all. I just discovered a new video game. I am no outdoorsman, I will admit. I think I have said on this program and on these airwaves before. I guess it's a podcast, so it's not airwaves. But I think I've mentioned that I am born and raised in Los Angeles, went to Kansas, Oh, how does someone from L.A. go to Kansas? Don't worry. You're only the thousandth person to ever wonder slash ask me that. So I am a city mouse. I did not necessarily pick up the rural tendencies of the Midwest. But the new video game I found, very relaxing, very zen. It's a fishing game. (laughs) It's called Fishing Planet. Literally what you do is you sit on a virtual pond and you fish. Got some shiners yesterday. Got some red ears. Things are going well. Am I going to go do real fishing? I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see about that. Don't bet on it. That's what we've come to. We're quarantined. We're sort of indoors. So let's go to the great outdoors. Virtually. (laughs) Excuse me. Virtually. 
<laughs> I do realize that I sound like the most ridiculous person alive. And if you haven't figured that out yet, by listening to this show and this program, I am the most ridiculous person alive. So let's get to the fan interaction. If you want to tell me how ridiculous I am, at JonasN310 on Instagram, where I got a message last week. That's right. I had someone slide into my DMs. It is Pat Eland, old friend, listening to the show. Appreciate it. So here's what he said. He listened to last week's episode where we talked about the G League and the death of college basketball, and he had a really interesting perspective. If you may recall, I said, raise your hand, let me know if you have seen any G League action ever. Well, Pat responded the very next day and said, hey, I've, lo- I've watched some G League, but here's the reason why. Let me get to the message. Hey, bud, I'm still listening to the pod, and you are killing it. Thanks, Pat. appreciate it. I hope you're still listening to the pod. I'm not going anywhere. He said, figured I would weigh in and say I have watched quite a few G League games. Uh-oh. But I would say I'm the exception to the rule due to my days working for the Spurs and Nuggets and had a work interest in those games. So there you go. Sort of forced to watch the G League. But we'll provide good, good perspective as someone who is a bit of an enthusiast, if you will, of the G League. I still think, and this is where it gets interesting, I still think it's better move to go to college to build personal brands with built-in fan bases, and that makes it easier to get larger shoe deals and endorsement opportunities right out of the gate in the league. And that sort of goes to my point that I made last week, why I believe, even though you're going to get that immediate payday in the G League, the long-term gains, I still believe, come from going through college basketball. And Pat agrees, and that is someone who had to work and be at and was forced to enjoy G League basketball. Worked for the Spurs, so I believe that is their G League teams in Austin. I believe so. I think the Toros. Pat, write back in. Let me know if I'm right. I'm not going to Google it on air. So I write back to Pat. Say, I appreciate you listening, of course. And I told him that's some really great perspective, like I mentioned. And and then he wanted to weigh in on the coaching topic that we've had the last couple of weeks. And here is a name that I did not immediately think of. And I think a lot of the fans listening to this are also going to sit back and say, hmm, not a bad idea, Pat. So here we go. I also figured I would weigh in on the coaching topic. Lord help us if Bill does leave soon. And if Danny would have done better at Wake, that would have, would have been the no-brainer next hire. Agree on both points. But with what happened, I think we would have to go elsewhere. What are your thoughts on Aaron Miles? Hello. Now there's a blast from the past. Pat continues by saying, dude is killing it with the Warriors organization and moving up the ranks there. He was the head coach of their G League team, which I know is the Santa Cruz Warriors, Northern California. And I think they might have even won the G League championship under him one year. Now he's on the bench for them. And from what I hear, he's moving up fast. It may not be a big enough name for recruiting from the start, but from a strictly X's and O's point of view, it appears he would be a great coach and can pitch to high school kids that he knows how to get them to the next level. I then responded by saying, I think that was an unreal call. I think that's a great point. And while it may not initially be a huge name to kids, like high schoolers now may not be growing up saying, man, Aaron Miles during his days at Kansas, those were the days, him and Keith Langford, right? No, they're not saying that. I know that. I can admit that. 
even as a diehard Jayhawk. But what they will know and what they will see with stars in their eyes, they'll say, okay, so if he is the head coach of Kansas, and I respond by saying, luckily, Bill has a lot more years left. Even with what's happening in the NCAA, Aaron Miles has time to get some more seasoning. Bill is not necessarily going anywhere anytime soon. But what the kids will see is someone who worked on the Warrior staff. He would go into someone's locker room, locker room, someone's living room, and he would say, hey there, I'm a Jayhawk legend. I'm in the family. This program means everything to me. Oh, you don't remember me from my days? Oh, well, I worked within this, the Warriors organization, which just so happened to rule the basketball universe for about five years there. Did I directly influence Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant? Not necessarily, although I did work with them. I know what it takes to get to the league. I think Aaron Miles would be a fantastic choice. My only concern, and I said this to Pat and he agreed, is that perhaps Aaron Miles is on a pro track. Because if you have the opportunity to be a superstar in the NBA coaching world or the college world, you got to go NBA, right? You don't have to recruit. Simple as that. I also just real quickly want to say that Miles has been working with his old friend and teammate, Michael Lee, who's been coaching alongside him. And that was actually Pat that said that. I mentioned Jacques Vaughn, and we agreed that Jacques Vaughn sort of has negative vibes around him as well, much like Danny Manning. Not really going to be a home run hire. Now, let me just say, I don't believe you need to keep it in the family. I think too many schools and too many programs get hung up on making sure they keep it in the family instead of just doing the right hire. It just so happened that Bill Self, when KU hired him, sort of was in the family tree of Kansas basketball. He had the connection to Larry Brown. He worked as the camp counselor when Bill was still at Oklahoma State. Remember the whole story of him getting injured at the camp, Larry Brown being like, what can I do for you? And Bill's like, well, you can offer me a job when I graduate. And so self sort of in the Kansas family. But if there's a right hire, you don't need a Jayhawk for it, the best hire. Now, if the right hire also happens to be a former KU player, well, sick. But we'll see. That might be a different topic for a different time. I think Aaron Miles, all things considered, if it came down to it, would be an excellent hire. Bill, Bill Self is not on the hot seat. We more so just need to see what happens with the NCAA. Moving on, and thank you, Pat. If you want to have your message read on air, we are interactive. If you have a question, if you have a concern, let me know. JonasN310 on Instagram. It is not a private account. It's Instagram. The whole point is to share your art. So I don't get the whole private thing. Slide right in. Let me know what you're thinking. Quickly, I know I've done this a few times. I just want to give you the updated ESPN way too early top 25 for 2020 slash 2021, if only because it was just released this morning as I'm recording, uh, Wednesday, May 20th. It's basically the same, and I more so just want to tell you where people are perceiving Kansas to be as we sit here on May 20th. So the top four is essentially what we expected. Number one, they bumped up Gonzaga. Uh, they were number two. The team that was number one, Villanova, 
bumped down to number two. Big whoop. So Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor, still a three. We knew that. We're not getting too worked up over it. Uh, Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, still in the draft process. People are expecting them to come back, but you don't know until it happens. Number four is uh, Virginia, a team that we, I believe, went over and said that, yeah, Virginia deserves to be number four. Projected starting line, Kihei Clark, a returning player. Uh, they are losing a lot, but Jay Huff, Sam Hauser, Kihei Clark all come back. That, that's, a, that's a good, solid core right there. The team that I have a gripe with in this ranking is the team at number five in Iowa, a team that finished fifth in a strong Big Ten, don't get me wrong, a team that scuffled at the end of the year. It's all about Luca Garza. But I don't think one player, especially one big man in an era of guard-dominated three-point shooting basketball, is enough to make the Iowa Hawkeyes the number five team in the nation. Again, maybe this is my bias because ranked number sixth is the Kansas Jayhawks. They mostly just argue, oh, what is KU going to do? They lose their two best players and they don't have natural plug-and-play guys for Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azubuki. Very true. You lose the two best players on the best team in the nation. No, they're not going to be able to play the same way. They are not going to have the blur of a point guard, a go-to score point guard. No, they're not going to have the most dominant physical force in college basketball. But the hallmark of Bill Self over his time at Kansas is the fact that he has essentially not played the same style the entire time. He adjusts to the roster. We've essentially known the team that's going to be coming in next year ever since Bryce Thompson committed. I, I think he has a plan. I think he knows what he's got. And the game plan is being formulated as, as we speak. It will not look the same as this past year. I can predict that. That is the constant that I feel very confident in predicting. So I don't, I don't think Iowa should be number five. And I don't think Luca Garza has even recommitted to coming back. I think he's still in the NBA draft process. It's all tough with the coronavirus, the NBA draft, the NBA draft combine. It's making things a lot tougher than usual. Uh, I think the lottery, the televised NBA lottery was supposed to be yesterday, Tuesday. Obviously, that didn't happen. Iowa had five. So, essentially, KU is being projected top 10. Yes, there seems to be a pretty clear top four. And then figure it out from there. Wisconsin at seven, Duke at eight, Texas Tech at nine, Michigan State at 10. Okay. I'm only going to really quickly touch on this next topic. You're listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program here on the Believe Podcast Network. We're about halfway home. In the article that came out yesterday by ESPN's Mark Schlebach, Schlebach, headline, Kansas's infractions case referred to new independent resolution process by NCAA for potential adjudication, sources say. Real quickly, fun story about Mark Schlebach. Uh, For those of you not familiar, I used to host a weekly show on KJHK, KU Student Radio Network, with my good friends Pat Strothman, and then a rotating cast of characters that was the third. Pete Knudsen, Andrew Joseph, who you may recognize from USA Today currently, 
uh, who else did we have? Ryan Elder. All names that I'm sure are really ringing bells with people right now. Um, but during our time at KJHK, we once had Mark Schleyball as a guest. And Mark could not care less about being on with us. Not the most thrilling interview. <laughs> I know my dad's going to be ticked off for me to be saying this. Uh, it, it's not defamation, though. He legitimately was a bad interview. So you're on with the student station. You're the one who agreed to come on with us. Regardless, I'm, I'm dredging up old bones from like, what, like seven years ago? <laughs> Don't come on if you don't want to do it. Anyways, this is talking about how the case with Kansas and the NCAA is being pushed to a different committee. Basically, it's a lot of big words, and it all honestly sounds made up and fake. The NCAA's Committee on Infractions has referred the Kansas basketball case to the newly formed Independent Accountability Resolution Process for Potential Abjudication, sources told ESPN. You can go read it. He basically just recants the charges against KU. It's a committee that would decide whether to approve or reject the request to refer the Kansas case to the independent process. Again, another sounds like made-up unit. The complex case unit, which is comprised of external investigators and advocates with no school or conference affiliations, as well as one member of the NCAA enforcement staff. That does not seem fair. No school or conference affiliations, but there is one member of the NCAA enforcement staff. That seems biased. The NCAA is pushing this case to supposedly someone indifferent and yet they're going to have a voice on the panel whereas the school and conference is not i mostly just wanted to bring up the fact that in the infraction cases involving basketball programs at memphis and nc state have also been referred to this process process by the way is a capital p that is the title of this committee independent accountability resolution process which is what made me feel a little bit nervous, to be honest. Memphis with James Weissman, that did not go well. He was going to be suspended for a good amount of time, in which case James Weissman said, screw it. I'm not playing college basketball anymore. I've played four games. I'm quitting this. I'm signing with an agent. I'm working out. He's going to get drafted to top five still. NC State is just beginning their process as well. Somebody keep an eye on. Go read it if you like. It's by Mark Schlebaugh. The riveting interview that he is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Let's keep it positive. Believe in Jayhawks basketball program, Jonas Nordman. Petty as always. Holding on to grudges. We did appreciate him coming on. It really did. So let's get to the next player in our series. Taking about a week or two off. Kind of got to stretch it, let's be honest, like putty. The next player that we are going to visit his season, a 6'6 freshman, a fresh-faced freshman. I don't think he's 6'6. I don't think he's 205 pounds. But he is from Burlington, Kansas. His mom, I'm sure you heard all the stories, big Mizzou family. His brother, Parker, does play at Mizzou. But number two, Christian Brown. He went to Kansas. 
And Bill Self and Jayhawk Nation is happy that he did come to Lawrence. Really, really good freshman campaign for a kid that ended up playing in 31 games, started five of them, averaged 18.4 minutes per game. The numbers for Christian and the most surprising thing about Christian Brown was the first game of the year. You're saying, okay, I can't wait to watch this Christian Braun kid because his last name is spelled B-R-A-U-N. And then the announcers in the very first game of the year say, here's Christian Brown. Say, well, who's, who's Christian Brown? New player? Someone I hadn't heard of? 5.3 points per game, 2.9 rebounds per game, 43.1 field goal percentage. Perhaps most impressively, shot 44% from three. That'll be a weapon moving forward. Big 12 all-freshman team. I mentioned the 31 games and the five starts, 18.4 minutes per game. He was a vital part of the team. Uh, Essentially the sixth man, especially when Kansas went to the four-guard lineup, starting with the brawl at the fieldhouse. He got those five starts. Isaiah Moss eventually took over that spot. Moss was the final piece for the KU team that started rolling towards the end of the year. But Brown, his first start was at Oklahoma State. Remember, huge game for him. Double-digit scoring games for Christian Brown tended to be against the worst teams in the Big 12. Look, he's a freshman. You take what you can get. Still had a really good year. You expect a little inconsistency here and there. 20 points versus Kansas State. Remember, that was that crazy game where if the, if the fight at the fieldhouse hadn't happened, the headlines would have been about Christian Brown. Six of 10 from three-point range, 20 points. In a rivalry game for a kid from the Sunflower State. But something else happened. Big deal. 16 points in that game against Oklahoma State. 13 points against Iowa State. 10 against Oklahoma State again. Those are all of his double-digit scoring games. Uh, again, the worst teams in the Big 12. But hey, at least he's doing it in the Big 12. Really, really good rebounder. I think I mentioned it over the course of the season. This kid might be one of the best rebounding guards I have seen, certainly at Kansas, perhaps in college basketball. He will stick his nose in there. He'll go after offensive rebounds. He'll go after defensive rebounds. And look, the number says 0.7 offensive rebounds per game. You say that's less than one. Okay, a guy who plays only 18.4 minutes per game, probably in like two to three minutes spurts. If you're creating one extra possession, essentially, 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 can't talk today. In one half of college basketball, that extra possession is huge. So yeah, 0.7 offensive rebounds per game, that's pretty big. So what does the future hold for Christian Brown? Well, really, this is an excellent, a great building block who has opposing coaches nervous already. I refer to him, I feel like, every show, C.J. Moore of The Athletic, right around the end of the college basketball season when they canceled the NCAA tournament, wrote an article similar to what we're doing here as a retrospective and moving forward, what the roster will look like. And what he said about Christian Brown is that coaches are scared of him. 
This is going to be an excellent program guy, certainly for the next two years, maybe three. But if he continues to build the way that he did over the course of his freshman year, I have a hard time believing he will still be in Lawrence past his junior year. Heck, if he really has a sophomore jump, who knows? That'd be a pretty big jump, though, to go from five starts to potentially in the NBA this time next year or or in the NBA draft. But who knows? He will be a starter. Like, he's going to start next year. And he will be starting the next two years for sure. We'll see. Really good player. Can't wait to watch Christian Brown moving forward. The, the, the comparisons were obviously to Kirk Heinrich right off the bat. And I mentioned it to Nick Schwartz in an interview a couple months ago. It, it tends to be a little bit skin deep, if you get what I'm saying, for Christian Brown and Kirk Heinrich. But Nick said, you know, Christian's already a better three-point shooter than Heinrich was, certainly at this point in their career. So something to keep an eye on. That's what I'm expecting from KU next year. Versatility, because he is listed at 6'6". Pretty solid defensively. A lot of interchangeable parts. The wing players for KU next year are going to be deadly. And I keep mentioning, if they put Mitch Lightfoot as the center, you could be looking at some five-out lineups. Like, they may not have one post player down in the paint. We'll see. I'm, I'm honestly salivating at the, at the potential. Like, I think it's going to be a different year next year. Uh, the post play, depending on what happens with David McCormack and how much uh, Mitch Lightfoot has progressed, same with Silvio DeSosa. Uh, I think we could be looking at some really modern basketball next season. If it happens, who knows? It's all up in the air right now. I'm not worried. Are you? Not like we didn't just have the biggest basketball tournament in the world canceled this year. Big whoop. Appreciate you listening. As per usual, fun episode, right into me. Tell me your thoughts on Christian Brown at JonasN310. Tell us your thoughts on what's happening with the NCAA. Aaron Miles, that's a name that should really wake up the echoes in Kansas basketball fans' minds and memories. Crazy times out there. Hope you're doing well. I know places are, again, are starting to sort of soft open. The weather is heating up. Supposedly the weather and the heat and the sunlight kills the coronavirus. I don't know. Just wash your hands. That's all I'm saying. Enjoy the Korean baseball. Enjoy the German soccer. And listen to this program. It's only, what, 30 minutes? You've all got time. You've all got 30 minutes. Uh, Good luck to my friend Matt Goldberg, who will be on the episode of Holy Moly, the ABC show, uh, tomorrow on Thursday. I don't know what happens. I will be tuned in, certainly. That's the Steph Curry program, where it's like mini golf mixed with wipeout. Uh, Good luck, Matt. Don't embarrass us on TV. (laughs) Otherwise, again, thanks for listening. I will talk with you soon. And as always, holy moly. No, rock jock. One, two, three, and to the folks. Snoop Doggy Doggy Doctor.